0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to World on Drugs. I am your host, Steve Fury, and we have a banger for you folks. You got it. Is it always a banger, Steve? Meh, no. That actually brings me to one of my big posts, Steve. I noticed you're. Uh, if you see the video, you're still in your studio. Studio. What happened to the comedy store? Comedy store. You're going to be in. Well, gotta say, I uh, went there, recorded a podcast with David Lucas. Yes, that David Lucas of Kill Tony and of of uh, a bunch of other funny shit. I think he probably did Rogan a couple times. Um, went there, uh, used one of our new researchers, and uh, just didn't work. Just didn't work. Uh, couldn't keep David's attention. Too much reading. Um, wasn't good. So, scratch that bitch. Did a new one. And guess what, guys? This one is actually pretty fucking good. It's... Um about you guessed it, you love him, you know him. He's your next door neighbor. He's your son's best friend. He's Zen Lee Yi Gun, a Chinese-born Mexican who holds the record for the largest seizure of drug cash in the world, baby. A businessman with a penchant for losing money in Vegas. One time he lost 125 milli. Yeah, that'll hurt the old pocketbooks. Probably not if you're ye gone, who then imports over 80 tons of methamphetamine precursor chemicals behind the facade of the pharmaceutical company Unimed. But guess what, guys? You can't just keep bringing in methamphetamine supplies and not get in trouble, even in Mexico. Because that shit gave him a search warrant. And guess what that search warrant yielded? Over $200 million in in American money hidden in the walls of his fucking house. Cussing a little bit, a little early right now. <sighs> That's amazing though. Some say the cash, he says it came from um, like t- campaigns, like giving illegal money to um, the presidents at that time. Uh, one of them was President a. Fox. And then others say he's got ties to Sinaloa cartel. Either way, since 2007, he's been in jail with no convictions. Yeah, no files charged. So so you could probably guess that it's probably a mix of the two. It's probably some illegal campaign funds that he was paying off, um, you know, the politicos. And he was also working for El Chapo. That's the Sinaloa cartel. And guess what, guys? When he got arrested, he started... Putting the blame on the cartels? Nope. Which you should have because they can't be touched. What you did is you started putting on the politicians. And when you fuck with the politicians, you go to jail for 14 years with no case behind you. This was a great episode. Um, this one, we got a new researcher, Gray Livingston. Gray uh, followed what I needed to a T. So this one's pretty good. Uh, not so much heavy on the jokes per se. Um, but it is heavy on information and pretty good information. Gives a good timeline, gives a good synopsis. This is a fun episode, man. I doubt anyone's really heard of this guy, and it's a shame because I think that 200 milli found in his house was what you and I find in our couches. I guess you really don't find cash in your couches anymore, do you? It's probably think thing of fast. the thing of the past. No one's going to be like, hey, I found some Bitcoin and Doge in my recliner. Cat, can you get out of the goddamn trash can? I've been feeding my cat. I fucked up. Okay. So there's this brand of cat food called Reveal or Revel. I don't know. I'm not a learned man. And um, it's just straight fire like tuna. And one is tuna and crab. And it was on sale, so I bought a bunch of them. But now my cat has become a straight dope fiend. I'm going to be honest, though. Um, It really looks good. It really... uh, Looks like a really nice thing of tuna. But then there's the crab in there. Kind of liberal with the crab. There's like more crab in that than one of the uh, crab chowder bowls at Boudin. It's a little local San Francisco joke for you folks. Where's my water? Papa is parched. It's all the way over there. I can't get it. This week's guest is Ari Manis. You may know him from opening for all of your favorite comedians. Uh, For sure, one of... Theo Vaughn's guys, um, one of Andrew Santino's guys, one of Fahim Anwar's guys. Uh, He's got a podcast called Unlicensed Therapy with Ari Manis. He puts out a bunch of great sketches. He's got a sick podcast studio on Sunset across from Pink Taco. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast and you're like, hey, I'm not going to do it on Stitcher. I need producers. I need a four-camera setup. I need top-of-the-line equipment. You're going to go to Ari Manis. I would have done it, but a little out of my price range. Like, Stevie's your fury. Stevie's your friend. How could be out of your price range? You know, I kind of thought the same thing, too. But teach their own. Um, I am going to be... Actually, you know what? The podcast at the store was supposed to be today. It just... So this is the thing about the store when I went there. They're not really set up yet. I don't know if they're ever going to be set up, sadly. We'll see. Um, hopefully, I can go there. But I am moving... And where I'm moving, it's a two-bedroom and one of them we're gonna set up into a podcast studio. So stuff will start looking pretty good. I mean I mean you know don't, don't it don't look that bad, but uh if you're not on the YouTube, you probably don't give a fuck either way, because it's gonna sound the same. Probably would sound a little bit better if I had a producer, but uh, it's just me. I'm gonna fucking throw a baseball bat at this fucking cat if it doesn't stop licking tuna cans. I guess, you know, maybe you guys are happy that I have a permanent co-host that just licks garbage tuna cans. And I'm not talking about me with my exes. Okay, we're having fun. No one enjoys this podcast. I um, actually want to give a shout-out to everyone. We're still growing. We're still getting better. If you bought a T-shirt, I was supposed to wear that T-shirt on this one. Um, they're coming. I wanted to get everyone's order at the same time because if you've ever gone to the post office in West Hollywood, I got to say, a treat, a treat. If you thought the DMV was fun in West Hollywood, wait till you go to the post office. It's like, what are these people shipping? What are you shipping, dude? You fucking smell like piss and poop. I think I've had, this is an idea. Okay, this is an idea I've had for quite a while. I think the entrance to the MIB headquarters, men in black folks, look it up. It's America's last wall. Wall against aliens. I've always said build a wall. Where do I say it? The Ozone. Um yeah, a bunch of freaks come out of the target on La Brea and Santa Monica. And I think maybe the backdoor instance is in the post office in West Hollywood because it is a hellscape. Or or it's like one of the th- or like it's like Dust Till Dawn. Remember Dust Till Dawn with that Quentin Tarantino where all those Soma Hyek's fine asses dancing and then you're like, damn there's a lot of like Mexican bikers in this place. and You're like, oh shit, they're not bikers. They're Mexican vampires, which you never really see. So that was really fun. But when you pull out at the end of that movie, you see that the back of the bar goes straight into hell. That is the West Hollywood Post Office. So only 12 people listen to this that live in West Hollywood. But you guys will get it if you've ever been here. This place is a fucking nightmare right now. I mean, it's great. It's probably better than where you live. Not the homeless people. Maybe not much. But, whatever. How was my week? Great news. Still haven't heard about JFL. Should happen this week. This is the last week we can know about it. Fingers crossed. Give me a lot of give me a lot of uh, stress. Because it's about now three weeks that we could have got the information and I never got it. So every time my fucking manager calls me, and he's my buddy, calls me a lot, I um don't listen to anything he says because I thought he was going to give me an answer that I wanted and I haven't got one yet. I think it's gonna happen. I don't know. Who knows? If I don't get it, if I don't get it, how would I feel? i would be pretty bummed out. I don't know if I'd be too. I'd be bummed. I just wouldn't get it. But that's probably an ego thing, and I just got to work on my ego more. Um, let's see. Last week, podcast store studio did not work. Uh, it's gonna work. I mean, it does work in the sense that there's a nice setup. There's good as a producer, but it kind of looks weird. It's kind of a empty white room just doesn't seem like it's really going to happen. So I might just focus on doing my own shit, turning in the next place into kind of a cool little studio and just banging out shit there. Because I don't really mind people coming over to my house, but I just don't want them to have to come to my studio studio because it's just a little weird because I have to sit on my bed or pull out a folding chair. But with the new place, I could do that. But also, I can't have like Burt Kreischer come to my house. So maybe I'll do like a side to side one, you know, but also if I have bird, I want to have really cool clips and if the background looks like shit, I'll probably rather have the background look good at my place. We'll see this isn't for you guys. Um, good news is moving into a new place on the 12th with my girlfriend, two bedrooms, two baths, not to brag, doing pretty well, or I'm doing the same exact and she got a job at Cedar sinai which is a great hospital show, actually pretty good for us. Um, can't wait for that. Fourth of July this week, what did you guys do? I went to Dave Williamson's house. If you you know him, if you follow um, Instagram barbecue or TikTok barbecue, or know Burt Kreischer at all, I mean, good God, Dave's always with Burt. They will be together at Red Rocks in Denver coming up, so you guys should check that out. Uh, Dave's a great guy. Good hang. Family man. It's a little different hanging out, you know. Fourth of July, went to his house. There's kids. Not really normally what I do. Me and my friends is no kids. Just no kids at all. But they're like older kids, like 13, 15. So it's like, but also I think they like have like a chill life. I think they're homeschooled. Uh Uh-oh, Alex is calling me. Hopefully this is important. Guess what, everybody? Guess fucking what? Nothing. No information yet on that. But I do got a pretty sick audition coming up for this cannabis company that could put some stacks in your boy's pocket. But, you know, who knows if they're going to want a me. But uh, I'm excited for that, actually. So I got something to do today for the next couple days. What was I saying? July 4th, Dave Williamson. Um, yes, hanging out with kids. Dave was there, cooked like six racks of ribs. His, he turns his t- tiny little patio into like the smokehouse. He just got off tour doing two weeks. If you want to go check him out, I think it's Dave Williamson Comedy. Um, he just did two months in a teardrop trailer behind a Jeep Wrangler traveling around doing shows at barbecue venues. Um, as uh, If you followed me at all, you've seen me with Bert. He's the guy who's always barbecuing. He, uh, Takes it seriously. One thing though, that's all he eats. The man just eats barbecue nonstop. Nonstop, are you? I can't barbecue for me. Okay, if I'm on tour with the boys, with the boys, I'll dip in some. I'll dip in some sugar meat anytime you want. But on my own, barbecue's a once a month thing. Dave eats it for every meal. Like when I came in there, his son was just eating a tri-tip that had been like quartered. He was eating it like a fucking kumquat. <laughs> I don't know how you come quad. He's just eating meat for lunch Like yeah I made smoked tri-tip for lunch I'm like okay What is your heart Is your heart alive Did it die Did your heart die um, But you know he's a great guy Got to hang out with them Then he made some racks of ribs Made some uh, burn ends That were very good It was just a treat you know His best thing is one of the best things I've ever eaten Which is like pork rib and it's not the normal pork ribs that you get at, like, a restaurant. You get them, and you're like, what the fuck is the meat? The only meat on this is just getting stuck in my teeth. These are, like, huge fucking ribs. And it's it's next level. Um, so I'm really hoping I get to enjoy that. That's more of a Bert tour thing because when you go on tour, um, you can kind of just give them a list of stuff you want. And Dave definitely does because we all want to eat everything. So Dave goes, like, because, like, if you get real beef ribs, I think it's like 75, 80 bucks for the rack that he used. So it's like something you can't really do all the time. But he had some pork ribs. He had the burnt ends. It was fantastic. And then I went over to my friend Emily's house in Koreatown and had all my normal friends there the boys, the uh, Trash Panda Gang, TPG on Mamas. <sighs> I just see, you know, LA is very interesting in the fact that every five houses. People are setting off fireworks. And they're not setting off fireworks like a normal place does. Like, you know, people sit around. These are fair fireworks, okay? They're fair fireworks flaming into the skies. Everywhere. Every every neighborhood. Every neighborhood is fl- huge. All over. It's like, I don't know if... Obviously, you know, a lot of Mexican-Americans, so we got the plug down there. I'm like, guessing that's where a lot of them come from. I don't know how cheap they are in Mexico, but... I'm I mean, honestly, each neighborhood has got to be throwing like, two grand out. And I'm thinking, I talked to one of my Mexican homies, you may know him, Saul Trujillo. And we, uh, theorized that it's, uh, you know, kind of a neighborhood thing. Everyone puts in 50 to 100 bucks. One guy go gets him, then they launch him off. Um, yeah, so, fucking impressive would be my, my idea. Very impressive fireworks in the neighborhoods and thousands of Thousands. I'm talking from it was a second story place, kind of shitty view, honestly, a lot of trees. Immediately, I could see six fair level fireworks going off on different neighborhoods. Pretty cool. Pretty interesting. Smoke covered the whole city. It's kind of cool. Last week, what shows did I do? I did a couple store spots. I did that Mint show. That was pretty cool. Uh, You guys ever want to go to the comedy store but can't go? Every Friday, they record this thing in the belly room called Mint with all high-level comics. And that shit looks foyer. It looks crazy. It looks like a real-deal Netflix special. They shoot it with, like, multiple cameras. It looks sick, so... I just took that tape, I got that tape, submitted it to a couple couple networks that asked for some stuff from you boy. So you know honestly this week could be a big one. It could be very big or very sad if I could end up getting JFL, this audition that Alex just sent me, one of the network comedy things I submitted for and the other one I would be very happy. Or I could get none of them And this might be the last podcast you ever listen to Stevie boys gonna kill himself No, nah, I'm actually been pretty good mentally life's not too bad right man man. I can't complain my friends are Most of them are wounded for some reason <laughs> TPG gang had a very rough June. I fuck I did not like June at all. I'm gonna be honest yeah, I think June was when my buddy got stabbed. I think June was when my buddy got hit by a car. May, on the other hand, was fantastic. But, you know, I've always said this. I always think this. When shit's going too good is when I am the scaredest. Because the other shit was going to drop. You know, no one just has a great time. Or maybe someone does. Maybe someone's lucky out there that they're just everything tits for a long time. But not for me, I noticed. That's why I kind of like to more just say level of like good thing, bad thing, good thing, bad thing. Rather than like good, 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 good. And like crash like fucking Dogecoin. That's another thing. If you're into crypto, it's getting a little better right now. Coming back up. I stayed in the whole time. We'll see how it goes. I'm still dumping money in every week so that I can retire one day. Actually, not retiring my job is my fucking dream. I'll never want to retire from this unless I get extremely old. But then I'd still, I don't know, do something. Wouldn't want to be in Hollywood when I'm really old. But, you know, whatever. That's a long time from now. So then I did the show called the At the Comedy Cottage. This is at Tom Bergen's. It's on Fairfax and San Vicente. Apparently, it's what Cheers was based off of. Which seems a little weird. But, um, fucking, the show was fantastic. The bar was fantastic. For me, it's like a dive bar. It's like a locals dive bar. It was also, if you ever watched the Larry Sanders show, I believe it's the one that they go to after they record their shows. So, um, lineup was good. His buddy of my name named Matty Fontana, he booked me for that. Um, outdoor show, packed, young crowd, young L.A. crowd. I do good with young L.A. crowds. I do good with kind of a, uh, just, you know, I don't know. I do good pretty much all the time. Um, it was good though. I got a crush in this woman named Eliza Schlesinger. Eliza Schlesinger was there in the audience. Uh, she was about to go up. Um, I'd been a dork at the comedy store for a very long time. Eliza has had a, uh, you know, people say she's mean. She's a little bitchy. I'm gonna be honest with you, but I think it's more because um, the way she's been treated in comedy for a long time. You know, it's kind of like saying a like a little nap yappy chihuahua is, uh, bitchy, I think the Chihuahua's probably, like, you know, throwing firecrackers at it for a long time, so I didn't know she even knew my name, I didn't know anything, I mean, I have parked her car a thousand, well, I used to park her car a thousand times, but I kind of always thought, you know, she just treated me as a guy parking her car, but, uh, when I went up, she saw me, I had to leave that, show. I, w- I did very good, I was the second guy up, I did very, very good, um, and I know when I don't do good, or well, um, and I left the show early. I saw her laughing though, so I was like, "Oh, cool. Maybe now she'll say hi to me." Left the show early. If you don't know who Eliza is, she has multiple specials on Netflix. She has a new movie out right now. It's doing pretty good. It's about a comedian doing some shit. I don't know. Um, then I left and went to Mi Westside. Mi Westside is a improv improv comedy club. Not like improv the the venue, but like improv like, hey, let me get a place or blah 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 bullshit. Um, in Mi Westside in uh, Santa Monica. Great club. Great club. They do a lot of stand-up. They're doing mainly stand-up right now because they're doing stand-up every day. So if you're out there, check it out. You don't have to go all the way into Hollywood anymore. They bring great comics. And they bring a lot of guys, you know, that are kind of like me. I'm going to be a little cocky here. That are very funny that people don't know about. And so you get to see next-level guys that are going to be on the next level, hopefully, or they'll just stay where they are and whatever. So I go there, have a great fucking time. But I had to leave that other show early, wasn't able to... network so normally if you're doing comedy you kind of if it's a good show and there's people there that maybe matter you know you're in Hollywood you're in East Side, maybe there's some industry there maybe some other comics you kind of want to crush and then you kind of want to stay and hang out and you know flex because one people are going to say good job two people might then book you for their other show or I didn't do that so I left went to my west side had a great set that show was over and then i went to the comedy store i think i had a late night spot did good there went home (sighs) what did i do yeah that was on thursday yep next day was friday i had that mint show so i go do the mint show excellent excellent just fantastic man such a beautiful so what they do with the belly room so beautiful i would record my special in there a second if they let me. Um so I do that to do pretty good again. I'm on kind of a hot streak right now, which is nice with my new with my set. I'm um, really enjoying it. But as I'm walking up to before I go to the mint, I see Eliza out front she calls she's like yelling my name. Steven, Steven I'm like, what the fuck? I walk over there and she opens up a notebook and she had written notes about my set. The whole time I was up there. Gave me some pointers um. Really, really love the story I'm doing. Everyone really loves the story. I'm. Uh, every, people say I've been saying I'm a story comic. I always thought I was a short bit guy. But I think since I've been doing this long enough, I've been able to um. Thread them together into what seems like a story, but my new story about wearing the weird outfit as a kid and um my stepmom is been the one that's really working in L.A. Because in L.A., this is what they want you. They want you to tell a story. Like, if you ever see someone on doing late night, their first late night, or you see someone doing their first, someone in a late night set, or it's definitely a Just for laugh set. They're always talking about their fucking parents. You know, they're always like, well, you know, my dad's left my mom when I was 12, and I did this, and you're like, where are the jokes? Stop telling me about You, telling me about jokes. Well, Hollywood wants to know about who you are. I guess people want to know who you are. More than they even want to know if you're funny. So luckily I've been able to mix the two in this new story people are liking. So she runs up to me and gives me all these pointers. Manages to throw in one little shady one. A little jabba do ya. But overall, very nice. And that was really cool, you know. Because I think she's going to be nice to me now. And you know, that's kind of the thing in L.A., Why you want to get on these bigger shows with these bigger comics, because um, you start getting treated as a peer rather than a nothing. You know, when I get up on these shows, there's a larger chance that maybe I'll get on someone's podcast. Maybe they'll say they like me and I go before them. Maybe I just become in osmosis into being a big dog. And I have seen people respect me quite a lot more lately. So that was the, com- oh, and then I got to go up real late at the Comedy Store and fucking murdered. I was hella drunk. I didn't know I was going to go up. Someone bailed, and I was crushing, and I did 20 minutes, but no one was mad. Everyone was just liking it a lot, and then the uh, staff all liked it, so fuck them. Whatever, who gives a shit? That was my week. Oh, Ari Manis. How do I know Ari Manis? Um, me and Ari became friends when he was a guy at the Comedy Store when I first started working there. He quit shortly after. And he's uh, been a buddy ever since, you know. uh, One weird story: me and Ari, he has affinity for uh, ladies of the night. In Mexico, there's a place called the Hong Kong um, Hotel. It's like three brothels on the street. Um, I not a fan of uh, prostitution. Not a huge prostitute guy. Not a huge pross guy. I think that's what Theo says. Theo says. Not a huge pr- prostitute guy. N- not into it. Not even really into strippers. I th- my theory on strippers is if I go to strip club, throw a bunch of money on them, and they uh, grind on me, I guess, and I come in my jeans. None of that sounds good. Let's say I throw a hundred bucks at the um, strip club. I think in my single days, I could go on a date with someone, spend a hundred bucks. We both get to eat. We both get a drink. Probably both get fucked. So I've never been that, but I do love to indulge in the pharmaceuticals, especially if they come from a pharmacy. I don't really get to do that much up here anymore. Um, I used to sell a lot of pharmaceuticals in my younger years whenever, um, you know, it's enough time I can talk about that. That's not illegal. Um, but, you know, as of now, I don't really do them because people die. You know, if you get it from the street, there's probably fentanyl in it and you can just straight die. And though I like them, they're not really worth me dying over. But if you go to Mexico, I don't know if you know this out there. You can go to a pharmacy and get whatever you want Whatever you want, they just give it to you. So it's like okay. This is my theory. I was like, okay I'll go down to Mexico with you guys We'll walk across the border Walk across the border And I don't know why I've been so tired lately man. I've been fucking tired I'm not doing shit whatever walk across the border You guys will go into the brothel. It's a big brothel too. This place is huge. It's not really a brothel. It's like a nightclub with like very aggressive naked women from like all parts of South America. To me, it bums me out. It 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 doesn't look like anyone's like When I grow up I wanna put whipped cream on my tits so people tourists can look at me and pay me money have sex. I don't think maybe there is. I don't think so. It's more like my family's very poor where I'm from or I was pushed into sex trafficking. So now I have to do this. So it just bums me out. So I was like, okay, you guys will go to the brothel. I'll go to the pharmaceutical place. Go over there, grab a couple Norcos. Take a couple of those. Get a bucket of beer. Chill in the corner. Watch some ladies dance with their boobies. My buddies have sex. Um, Turns out pharmacies aren't open at night there. So now I'm walking into a brothel with... Bunch of weirdos, man. This place chuck full. It's like a club where all the women are very attractive and and very hard plasticky. You know, they got a lot of actually Colombia is where a lot of the prettiest women I've ever seen when I've gone to South America. <gasps> or Mexico or Panama. See, I don't even yawning. I've fucking I slept enough. I don't sleep that much. I had terrible nightmares if you know me. Um But yeah, and they get all plastic surgery, so they look like, you know, Nicki Minaj-type giant asses and huge tits. So now I'm in there with a bunch of weird, bald guys and two of my buddies that are in there. They go up to have sex with a prostitute. I sit in a corner with a bucket of beer. So if you know me, beer's not, especially the beer I was drinking, like Modelo's Bud Light, it's not really going to get me drunk. It's just I would have to drink probably 12-pack for me to get drunk in a pretty short amount of time, and then I'm feeling bloated. So now I'm sober drinking five beers while these. Sad prostitutes keep coming up to me And I keep saying no And it's just Not very much fun And then my buddies come down From having sex with prostitutes And They didn't have much fun either Then we walk across the border And we go home And Silent car ride home No one got what they wanted That was my story about Mexico With my buddy Ari and another friend Not a great story But It's interesting It's kind of life we live You know He just hit me up one day He was like Hey you want to go to Mexico I was like okay let's go I have a thing where I don't really say no. Like, I'll probably, if you ask me to do it, I'll probably do it. At least once. Mainly because I feel bad if I say no. I really feel bad a lot of times. All right, yeah, so that was Ari, how we met Ari, how we hang out. Um, if you want a t shirt, it's the logo behind me, the World of Drugs logo on a black t shirt. Venmo me at S T E P H E N dash f-u-r-e-y with your address and i will send them out i'm probably going to send out the t-shirts that were last week today or tomorrow for sure so look for them in the mail guys they're coming thanks for buying them you know adds a little money to the podcast doesn't make this such a drain on my wallet but hey i'm having a fucking fun time and numbers keep going up and you guys seem to like it so thank you very much um this is the zen lee yi gone the chinese mexican cartel Who made more meth than fucking Gus Fring. Uh, If you are a fan of Breaking Bad, pretty much these guys are when they take uh, Aaron Paul's character to Mexico to like that big refinery and stuff. So that's what Zen Lee had all over Mexico, these things, and these guys working in them. And they take the raw materials to make methamphetamines and then do it there. So, I mean, it's pretty good. Shit's pretty popping. You're going to like it. I like it. I'm Steve Fury. This is the World on Drug Podcast with Ari Manis about Zen Lee Yee Gone, baby. Check it out if you know what's good for you. I'm not going to read. Okay, do yeah. I have to read? No, you don't have oh, to, okay. but sometimes uh, people go in and out of, not consciousness, but focusing. Right. Because it's like a lot of information.
1: Right, right, right. So just try not to do that. Because I just did one. I'm more of an audio, a listener yeah, rather listen, than a reader. So? Okay, cool. Perfect then. For example, ever since audiobooks came out, I no longer read books.
0: Yeah. I like audiobooks, too. They're like a better podcast.
1: I just can't read a book. I can't keep focus, Or yeah, it's I, really hard. I'm like, oh, let me see if I can get through a chapter. And then I'm like,
0: yeah, I read a chapter of a book. I'm a nerd. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why I need to read anything ever again, to be honest with you. Yeah. I have just, just put it in a video. Like a video, I don't know. I guess I don't retain information as good. I was going to say, if you read along with an
1: audiobook, you oh, will retain yeah. it oh, that's better than if you just listen to it. Because your mind wanders if you're listening sometimes.
0: Yeah. All right, Ari Manis, this was you. This is you talking to me. This is you. No, we're oh, going to talk about this guy in a second. That's an
1: Asian guy. That is an Asian man. Yeah,
0: that's Feng Chow. No, he actually doesn't look like Feng Chow. To me, they look pretty much like <laughs> I twins. I was guessing you yeah. didn't say that. To me, I was going to say, what does he look like? So this episode right now is going to be on Zen Li Yi Gon. Uh, I'm sure you pronounced that right. There's
1: no way you said that wrong. Say it again. Zen Li Yi Gon. Oh, that's got to be right. I mean,
0: yeah, I think it's pretty good.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of times I will do the phonetic kind of Google translate. Now try to say it as if you were feng Chao.
0: Xin li gui Gun. I might get in trouble for that
1: one. might need to take that one out. No, no, no. You got to leave that. So this is him, man. What are we going
0: to say about him so far?
1: This picture he is wearing. His teeth aren't bad for a uh, Chinese guy. Is that
0: a thing? I thought that was English people. And I made it up. Oh, okay. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. I would say he looks, he definitely has, he's wearing an all black on black suit, kind of like a bad guy would wear. Or a communist. Yeah, or no, I think communists aren't they like gray and beige and kind of things like that. Uniform, I think. Uniform, he's yeah. uniforming. He's uh, to me, he's got like a Johnny Cat, like a Johnny Yen, you know, not Johnny Cash, but because he's Chinese. But could definitely play a villain in a movie. Yes, he looked to me. If I had yeah. to really guess what he looks like, Zen Lee, he looks like a um, like one of the imperial officers in Star Wars. Yes, that's but like a good.
1: Because yeah, it's it's not a turtleneck, but no. it's
0: not a. There's a collar there. Yeah, and his hair is dark black, and his skin's a lighter complexion, so it just, like, contrasts into some sort of... I wouldn't trust business. him with my
1: daughter, either. Yeah. I he he looks like a sexual deviant <laughs> a little bit.
0: <laughs> I mean, the guy's story's going to get pretty good. I don't have a daughter. Also, you don't have a daughter. But if I did... He's not, he's not babysitter. Uh, yeah, he's not a babysitter. You're going to tell me the head of a... Methamphetamine based pharmaceutical. What's that
1: pin thing too? Is that a pin or is that? It looks from the like photos? a button. I don't know that was that just, is. but it does look He'd like make, it has a W on it. And it makes him look even more communist. Yeah, like it says, like Emperor Wu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thin, thin lips, probably. Uh, I would say top lips a little thin, bottom one's not too bad. I would say he's straight based on his
0: lips. <laughs> his lips, not, low. A not a homosexual, not a homosexual. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. These guys are yeah. definitely getting a picture. Kind of fooled. <laughs> Fool well, a video podcast. They could can't they you, can, just, yeah, you yeah. could pop up the picture. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start okay, doing yeah. that for the little ads I'm gonna do on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna point those or on Instagram or TikTok. Uh you know, normal kind of Asian guy, longer haircut. Um looks like he's got a little balding on top. Could be. Not necessarily a bad looking guy. Definitely looks like when you're in elementary school, the Chinese guy's dad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he could be a dad for sure. He's a dad for sure. Yeah. All right, we're gonna now talk about Zen Li Yi Gon. And his birth to Mexican citizenship. Oh, he's an actual Mexican. He's guy. a
1: Mexican. Yeah, he got a citizen. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay, so he's legit. Yeah, he's legit. That's what's yeah. so kind of cool about it is that like, he's
1: not a poser. He's actually Mexican. He likes tacos. He's,
0: he's eating tacos. Yeah. I mean, he's doing a lot of weird shit. His house is fucking cool. We're going to hear about that in a second. January 31st, 1963. Zenyi Li Yi Gon is born in Shanghai to Gu Yu Gon and yin Lin Yi. His parents actually started the American Dance Company Shen Yun, We might have to
1: them. think of a nicknames for all these things because they all sound the same.
0: I'm gonna go. I know his parents don't come back that often. Okay, I'm probably okay. gonna call him Yi. Okay, Yi. So ye, it's ye. a little easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. then Lee. You know, he's sometimes like I have a drink. It's few a beers, lot. Now. I don't want him. No, I don't much. want to sound ignorant, but that's a lot. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's got a lot going on. But uh, yeah, so uh, the joke I just said a second ago, his dance troupe is actually not Shen Yun. that made that up. It was supposed to just be a weird, <laughs> racist joke. Nineteen ninety nine, Yi Gone migrates to Mexico where he begins importing Chinese textiles and other legal products. So that's kinda of the interesting thing about Yi is that he starts as like a normal import guy. Legal. Legal. All yeah, legal just, shit. Just
1: oh I'm a businessman. I'm an entrepreneur.
0: And he's fucking huffing over these goddamn textiles. And then he's like, You know what I should really be huffing over? Something better. Drugs. Six years later, on November twenty eighth, nineteen ninety six. The precursor to Yigon's Mexican Pharma Company is founded in Hong Kong with a man named Hong Jie Yi under the name Unimedic Hong Kong Company Limited. This company begins as a supplier of raw materials, mainly pseudo So is this
1: still legal at this point?
0: Well, it's still legal right now. Yeah. So he, so it doesn't really get that legal. Now he's like, legal. I'm a medicine man. I'm a medicine man, yeah. but I'm bringing in mainly pseudo Pseudoephedrine, if you do not know, is used as a to relieve nasal congestion caused by cold, allergies, hay fever. If anything, he's a nice guy. He's helping people's health. You think that, yeah. but uh, Yi is not bringing in pseudo, so all American Mexicans can breathe easy. Pseudoephedrine is also the main ingredient in methamphetamines. Oh,
1: so the whole time he's like, "Oh, this is for nasal congestion," but he knows. People are making math with it.
0: He knows that at this time, back in the 90s, there was no... Nowadays, one. I don't even think you can bring in Sudafedrin in large uh, quantities to Mexico, but at this time, no one knows about it. So he starts this company in China, Unimedic. You, it's going to be Unimed once it goes to uh, Mexico. So
1: it's still legal, but he knows what's going on.
0: He knows that he's a shady guy Yes. at this point. a 100%. Damn. April 1997, Yugon establishes Unimed Pharma Chem Company Mexico. That's Unimed. That's going to be his. That's going to be his company from now on. And what was it called before? It was Unimed China. Yeah, it was Unimedic. Unimedic.
1: Yeah. Okay, so it's like let's shorten it up, shorten make it, it up, easier for everyone to understand. Yep. These dumb people. I'm talking about other people besides China, not Mexicans. Oh, no, just everyone, you're just, Everyone's dumber than China.
0: Yeah, you're the first pro Chinese guy. Well, there's you ever. can't deny that
1: they're smart people. They work, they work hard, they study hard. They're intellectuals.
0: I would say Chinese-Americans. I don't really know about Chinese-Chinese people because- But where do they get it
1: from? Chinese-Americans, they have a Chinese heritage from China. So I imagine in China, they're very hardworking as well. I think it's more that their
0: parents came over and their parents were hardworking. You're saying
1: just immigrants in general are hardworking. Not all of them. There's truth to that. But But I I do say some of them. Yeah.
0: It's hard to get here. Okay, 1997, Yugong gains legal residence in Mexico. Uh, there's a question I had How hard is it to bege- become a Mexican citizen If you had to guess Ari, what do you think you would have to do
1: Okay, there's pure guess But I am a smart guy mm-hmm. That's what most people say You think most people say think they're smart
0: and I'm actually done No, no, they go, I go What do you think about Ari and they said I don't know him, this is a pure guess I'd say he was smart
1: Oh, nice yeah. That's,
0: I'll take it So I would guess you
1: either have to get really rich Okay Live there a long time Okay
0: or marry a Mexican woman. It's pretty good. Those are actually some of the big ones. Uh, I was completely wrong. I said that you had to buy a Mexico soccer jersey, listen to La Bamba 15 <laughs> times in a row, and for the next five years when you go to a Mexican restaurant, you have to sing five songs with a mariachi band.
1: Uh, yours are a lot funnier. Yeah, that's okay. I uh, but think about. obviously uh, mentally retarded.
0: Yeah. Oh, I've, that's what most people say about me, too. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Who's, what do you think about Steve Fury? No idea. Probably retarded. In actuality, once you have your permanent residency, it's fairly easy to obtain Mexican citizenship. While there are options to become a Mexican citizen through birth abroad. What does that even mean? Uh, so oh, if like, you have Mexican parents. If you have Mexican parents yeah. and you're born here, you can still become a Mexican citizen right. if you never go back to Mexico. That makes sense. Through marriage or by having children, or most for- foreigners, if you just live there, it's uh, you can get it through naturalization.
1: They should make it where if you just clean up the beach for a day, you can become yeah, a yeah, citizen because yeah, yeah. their beaches are dirty.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like when you go on a freeway and you'll see like the Moose Lodge adopt the this part of like the 101. And they clean it. That's what you should have to do.
1: Then. Yeah, that should be for L.A. too. You want to be a citizen of America? Clean a stretch of the highway. Sponsor the mile of the highway for a year. For a couple of years, a I would say. Couple of years, yeah.
0: Put it, I think it should be easy to be a Mexican or a citizen of America. But you're gonna have to do some stuff. Yeah. Like maybe you don't get to move to L.A. You got to go to like Wyoming.
1: Right, and not well. Wyoming's actually beautiful. I know. That wasn't a good. one. And when you say do some stuff. I don't mean just, like, learn about America. You have to help America. Improve the country that you want to be part of. That should be for every country.
0: God bless. God bless every country, but some of us a little more than the other ones. (laughs) (laughs) 1997, Yigong spends two years working as a technician at Laboratorios Salances. So that's L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-I-O-S-S-I-L-A-N-E-S, a firm owned by President Fox's friend and political ally Antonio Lopez de Salanas
1: Perez. Now, you might not know the answer to this: Is President Fox? Who is that? And who I is Antonio right now, Lopez?
0: Buddy, got you right now. Who are these two people? So here's a little bit about President Fox. Number one, he was the guy. You remember when he was the guy who was arguing with Donald Trump a lot? So he's the president of Mexico. He was the president of Mexico okay. for a while. So there's t- a couple views on him. Mm. He apparently he wasn't the most corrupt guy but he was still kind of a stooge for El Chapo right one thing he did in so Mexico corrupt yeah but he's not like as bad as some other guys from what I'm reading one well, number one biggest thing he did was he legalized drugs in Mexico and drug production which you could th- I mean to me probably helps the I mean this the cartels probably don't give a fuck if it's legal anyway but he said it was to uh, to stop their power to stop their because power. now yes. it's legal yeah. so he started with weed and then he moved on to harder drugs he said it would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if we did that in America, yeah, it, it, it takes the problem is that both sides have to do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So a lot of stuff I read is he might be a stooge for El Chapo. One of the coolest things uh, is one of the El Chapo's uh cases he had. He had uh one of one of President Vincente Fox's highest ranking security guards, the guy that were always with Vicente Fo- Fox. So kind of like the Secret Service are the guys that would help uh, El Chapo escape arrests all the time in mexico so like it would be like kind of like one of those big black SUVs that all like the secret service are in they'd pull up get el chapo in there put him in a little place and they'd drive him for free wow and he did that so they're not saying president fox did but they said his highest ranking uh, so
1: he knew what was going on yeah. but el chapo was so powerful everyone did that yes and no uh, one went against el chapo or you get all chopped
0: <laughs> that's how he got his name <laughs> Um, he, he was actually a sous chef and was great with onions. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't know that. No
1: one wants to be chopped by El Chapo.
0: <laughs> so the guy that said all this is Vincent Zambada, which uh, his dad was uh, El Chapo's, uh, like kind of like best friend, and he's on the lam right now. And Vincent got in trouble, and he said in uh, in court that he gave a list of all these Mexican politicians that they were paying. Each politician got between five hundred and a million dollars a month. That's a lot that's a lot of especially money especially in if it's like 50 mexico or and you mean
1: 500,000 500,000 not $500 to $1 million no, yeah. <laughs> that would be quite the discrepancy <laughs> little question which salary if you secretary, if if you're a secretary you get $500 <laughs> if you
0: yeah no he was given this kind of money and this is like probably like 30 50 people a month
1: and it, yeah and that goes $500,000 in mexico alone if is you're loaded so yeah. you do that for a year you're set for life
0: yeah, I mean, you're making $6 million a year to $12 million a year. Oh, that top would of be, what else you're I got
1: to be honest. Even in America, even with my current life where I have everything I need, if someone offered me to be corrupt for $500,000 a month, that would be hard to say no to. Very hard.
0: What's a corrupt com- comedian? You like only do flappers and like.
1: Right, it, right. If I just had to book all unfunny people on shows <laughs> for five hundred million a month, fuck, I'm doing it, right? <laughs> ringing, like right, if yeah. you had to book. All bringers for five hundred grand a month. Would you do it? Be honest. You had to become. You had to become a bringer producer. I had to become not even a bringer producer. The I worst Had to become kind. hated. Yeah, the slimiest bringer producer in town. We have the name in our heads right now. We're not going to say it, but you know who I'm talking about.
0: I mean, there's a few. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, because the thing is, in comedians, when you really get to hang, out, six million a year to a comedian is that guy's like one of the biggest comedians in the world.
1: Five hundred grand a month. I'm, I'm booking. All hot girls. I don't care.
0: Yeah, I, if you gave me a million a month and I was like, you, you're like, you got to run a bringer show at Flappers and you got to kill two Portuguese men every month. Like, <laughs> Where do I find a Portuguese guy? Agreed. So one of the cool, one of the weirdest things, and actually something that I just thought was super interesting, um, Zambada, the kid of uh, Chapo's, you know, best friend said that uh, Mexico's state-run oil company, Pemex, so if you know a lot about oil and all the evil shit that this company does, in 2007 uh, discussed using an oil tanker to transport a staggering 10 or 100 tons of cocaine. And he said that all these high-ranking politicians and the president of that time were there. so. So
1: this Chinese guy, I'm, there's so much facts it's hard to yes. follow. Chinese this guy's ch- not really in here that much. He's so just- who, ch- this President Fox helped transport 100 yes. tons of cocaine?
0: Well, okay. yeah, Pemex did, but it mainly. What he it, what, knew about it. He, supposedly he knew about
1: it. So Got the reason it. is they're getting all the. Uh, so, tons of cocaine getting transported. President yes. Fox
0: kind of knows what's going yes, on. Yes, and he's the guy who is kind of now Yee like somewhat boss or friend of a boss in that yeah. Laboratorio Salon place.
1: Got they're they're building a kinship. They're building a kinship. Place. They so know each other a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So even though Yigon is already a professional, like
1: owns a company that's yeah. technically legal right now, but has transporting the drug to make meth. Yes. And at the same time He's, he's kind of working with here. Fox. Yeah, he, he knows President Fox. They know each other a little bit. He They're probably knows the President
0: Fox from the laboratory of yeah. place, that President Fox is best friend. Yeah,
1: Antonio. they know of each other. They know, if they walk by each other in the hallway, they'd say, hey, what's up? They yes. give each other a head nod. 100%. Yeah.
0: And that's kind of why Yi Gong goes there. He goes there to be an intern, even though he's already rich, so that he can meet the people he needs to meet, so he can start his huge Wow. Business. So actually, this is one good thing about Fox. Kind uh, of
1: like us becoming door guys at the comics. Exactly. We're already good comedy, already but good. now we got to go there and put in
0: our grunt work. Uh huh. 100%. He's this doing is his that. door guy thing. Yeah. This isn't back in the day when bad comics who weren't good there would go. This isn't like <laughs> Tony Hinchcliffe becoming a door guy. This is like us. No, <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I'm, I'm not throwing him under the bus. <laughs> yeah, That's you on throw, you. Oh, wow. Would throw all of China under the bus, but not Tony. serve a communists for, Tony's Syria a proud American. There. No, Tony's cool. I have no problem with him. But back in the day, the uh, comedy store would h- hire door guys that weren't good.
1: When I moved to L.A., it was almost the opposite of cool to be a door guy at the yeah. comedy store. You would almost be like, oh, you want to be in that pile of people?
0: Yeah, exactly. Whereas now they're like, you want to stop doing the road and work here for $12 an hour? <laughs> All right, buddy. So the coolest thing about Fox, I want to say this before I left, uh, he lowered the country's poverty rate from 43 to 35%, which is pretty good. Here we go. We're gonna keep going. Wait,
1: Fox did that.
0: Yeah, Fox did that. Just you know, cause right. that was a slamming a yeah. bunch of that, that he. That condition. was
1: the one positive light yeah. to Fox: the poverty rate went down.
0: Two thousand, and he also might not mm-hmm. have been as bad as everybody else.
1: It went from almost half of people to almost a third of people. Exactly, it's yeah. pretty good.
0: So in two thousand two, Yigong is issued Mexican citizenship by then President of Mexico, Vicente Fox. 2002 accusations rise that Yi Gong is a member of the Sinaloa cartel with no previously record at this criminal record at this time Yi Gong denies his shit and he's fine,
1: so that's yeah. kind of that's. Hey, these are rumors. Just because I'm a rich yep. Chinese guy doesn't mean I'm in bed mm-hmm. with the cartel. Reasonable. So
0: there's so this is now the synopsis. Okay, 63 to 2003. This is the early part. This is a, this is 40 years. This is 40 We're about to go through. No, yeah. we just went through 40 years, and this Got is going to be like more of a little little. Closer thing that I can just talk about real quick. Okay. There's quite a dearth of information on Zen Li Gon's early life. What's dearth mean? Uh, not that much. Okay. Girth and dearth, I think, are the opposite of each other. Okay. Specifically from his birth to his immigration to Mexico. His first business was importing Chinese textiles and other legal prog- products, and it was during this time that he made contacts with a rind of customs officials working under Guzman Montalavo. This was his introduction to legal chemical import business, and not long after he co-founded a pharmaceutical company in Hong Kong. So like we said, he starts moving the textiles, he starts knowing the people he needs to make contact with, then in theory, people from the Sinaloa cartel are like, how do we get these these kind of chemicals from Mexico? They go, let's talk to this Yizhong guy, Yizhong then joins this other company, and the Ties begin. The following year, Yi Gong establishes Unimed, gains legal residence in Mexico, and starts a two year stint working as a technician at Laboratorio Salon 6. This company is involved in the manufacture, fabrication, and processing of drugs, as well as being owned by a close friend of then President Vincent Fox. So like drugs, not not bad drugs, though, at this point. This kind of like
1: legal drug company. He's interning for it. Yes. He met President Fox. He's doing it. Yeah. Five years later He's networking. He's
0: networking. Exactly. Yeah. I understand. Five years later, he is uh, issued full Mexican citizenship by the pres- president, only to be accused of having ties with Suna Sinaloa cartel. He
1: deserves it. I know. He did pretty good. Yeah, he owned a big company in Mexico. It was gray area, but technically legal. Yeah. He worked for this other company he's putting in his time. He's lived in Mexico now eight years.
0: During this time, Unimed was legally importing what amounted to 81 tons of pseudo Along with being a key component in cladestine methamphetamine manufacturing, pseudoephedrine also served as a component of cold medication. Sudafedrine.
1: So at this point, someone could be like, hey, you're helping people make meth. And he could be like, no, I'm helping people with runny noses. Yes. 100%. I'm a nice guy.
0: Get off my back. Yes. And that's the kind of honestly, just China still does this stuff to the day. You just got to find the countries that they're allowed to ship. Any of their weird stuff too, and a lot of times it'll come from the Golden Triangle. Yeah,
1: we have like lion's mane, that fake weed stuff. Oh, a yeah. lot of that's from China. Uh, I just got these exercise pills off the internet that I've been taking. Yeah, yeah. It's speed supposed in to simulate exercise <laughs> <in> my <laughs> body, <laughs> so I don't have to work out. That's probably gonna work. You see all the L- it caused see? tumors in mice, but I'm taking a lower dose, so <laughs> it I'm should work a in me. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I'm human, so I'm fine. So what the <laughs> fuck you like here? Yeah.
0: Um, the timeline. This is the glory days. 2003 to 2007, 2004, the United States sees a significant increase in methamphetamine seized at the border. This coincides with Mexican intelligence identifying a rise in larger cladestine methamphetamine labs. So it's kind of like now these like shady places are all popping up.
1: There's a lot more meth being made in Mexico.
0: And they also see a lot more pseudo coming from
1: China. So you could argue... That more is being made, or you could argue maybe there's just a lot more people who want it.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Or maybe, both. Maybe, you know, all those people in Mexico just are allergic to whatever trees are in Because
1: it's not like if you build it, they will come. No. Right? People you're, have to be asking for meth.
0: Yeah. People aren't going to Mexico to hang out with these labs. Yeah. I wonder if that's a thing. You know, if you're meth head and you go down to Mexico to get speed, I don't know. People who
1: love weed love being around uh, people who grow it.
0: Yeah, I know. But I don't know if... I feel, like the, I feel like the people who make really good meth from a giant lab in Mexico don't really want to hang out with a bunch of meth heads. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, I would hope. I don't know. July 1st, 2005, it becomes illegal to import pseudoephedrine into Mexico. Finally. Finally.
1: What is that, 10 years yeah, later? Yeah, 10 years later. 10 years later, Mexico's like, you know what? We don't need... We'll figure out another remedy for runny noses. Let's go natural for runny noses stop the, yes, the meth. Yes, pretty much,
0: yep. So, December 12, 2005, so about—actually, that's after this one. Unimed imports approximately 20 metric ton- tons of N-methylacetylamino. So, that's N-M-E-T-H-Y-L-A-C-E-T-Y-L-A-M-I. So, is this
1: basically a different drug that you can make meth with that isn't illegal yet?
0: Supposedly. But what's actually going to be funny is something we learn a little bit. Uh, down here,
1: there's they went from seventy five tons to twenty tons, so it's almost like an experiment. Yeah, hey, let's try this other meth ingredient and see mm-hmm. if that one will make 100%. us money.
0: Yeah. See if that one we can do the same stuff with it since it's not illegal yet. January twenty, January sixth, two thousand six, Unimed imports another thirty metric tons of the aforementioned chemical, the one right before.
1: So they went from twenty to thirty. They're like, hey, I think yeah. this works. Let's yeah. let's low risk, but keep. Yep. Yeah keep going bigger
0: August 28th 2007 Unimed imports 37 metric tons of hydroxybenzyl N methyl acetamide so that's hydroxybenzyl N M E T H Y L A C E T A M I D E another drug yep another drug September 2nd 2007 Unimed imports another shipment of an a- of the same chemical got it so it's there. working
1: yeah. hey we're making money let's buy more yep Get us more.
0: So now, why was he shipping this through there? The four shipments that got through. While it is illegal to import pseudoephedrine after July 1st, 2005, it was not illegal to import other chemicals that can be used as a base to precursors to pseudoephedrine. So the stuff that makes pseud- So it's like, hey, it's illegal to make glazed donuts in America, but it's not illegal to send glaze and send donuts. Dough. Got so-
1: it. So now he's buying the even premature chemicals. Mm-hmm. Wow,
0: shady. So that, that enters those two drugs. This guy's shady. Yeah, he's not good. He knows what he's doing. Unless in, in a little less than a year's time, Unimed imported almost 90 metric tons of the chemical into Mexico. They claim that both of these chemicals are pharmaceutical intermediates. And they are. And they are. He's not wrong. I've never bought too many, like, Mexican-based Sudafed, so I don't know I don't know where uh, all that's I going. I heard you have. I've, no, I've bought some other things from there. <laughs> They're not pseudo. The prior for I've been with you, even if we tried, but their goddamn things aren't opening. Unimed provided Mexican customs with documentation stating that this about the chemicals, but neglected to include in the description what they would be used for. So essentially, since he was doing the textile stuff, he knows all the custom agents since he was doing the Laboratoria Salon says one. He knows all the kind of like upper people in politics and stuff like that.
1: He knows who he needs to pay off. Yes.
0: And that's what he's doing this time. The DEA forensics chemists were consulted regarding these chemicals and how much he was fucking bringing into the country. Number one, so the one that's N-methyl acetylamino is only the pers- partial name of a full chemical. And the other one that I was talking about, the uh, hydroxybenzyl N-methyl acetaminamide, um, that's an entirely made-up name mount- made to sound familiar to another chem- chemical. So instead of him actually bringing these two in things, neither of these exists.
1: Oh, he's just bringing in the illegal shit from that. He's th- bringing pseudo. He's bringing in the same stuff that they ban. Different name.
0: But he's putting in it. Because imagine if you're a guy working at customs, and it's like, hey, you shouldn't open that because it's fucking poison. Right. You're like, okay, well, it looks like poison, smells like poison. It's this. Okay, fine. I'm surprised that's not done more. I well, think they do, do. I think that's yeah. kind of the Chinese. I think that's how you get a lot of the things for drugs is from China and from the Golden Triangle, shipping them over here into different stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what he was doing. Pretty smart. Pretty good idea. And this information all comes from the affidavit of Eduardo A. Chavez, the special agent in the Drug Enforcement Administration United States Department. One of the last
1: good guys left, it sounds like. One of the last
0: guys, Eduardo Chavez. He's also a third baseman for the Dodgers. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That wasn't on, you didn't, he right. didn't read that, that, that job. That was, that was, that was real. In the moment.
0: Yeah. October 18th, 2006. Yigon travels to the interior of Mongolia. Mongolia is part, close to one of the ones that are in the, uh, Golden Triangle, which is like this area we've talked about on this podcast before, in like Laos and Thailand and stuff where, um, the Chinese government kind of, su- kind of like goes over them, kind of like, uh supervises them but they've pretty much said you guys can do whatever the fuck you want and a lot yes. of crazy shit goes on over there
1: yeah kind of same thing Would they do that now i saw a video uh what's the stuff that's in cocaine that's killing people fentanyl fentanyl same thing that's happening with yeah, fentanyl, fentanyl in china. Comes from china yeah so that's what china's and doing. and you talk to the chinese officials they're like we don't know if yeah. it does that's the americans say it does but we don't think it does yeah but it does
0: where else does it come from buddy yeah Two thousand six Yigong travels to the interior of Mongolia and signs off on a purchase of nineteen tons of hydroxyl, benzyl, and methyl acetaminide. The price is about seven hundred grand. And according to the invoice presented in court, this merchandise was shipped from Tanjin to Mexico. So it's more of the fake stuff that's actually just pseudo again.
1: Same place where COVID nineteen came from, it sounds yeah, like dude, bats. right there. Bats. That's yep. where it's
0: where fentanyl comes from. Meth and COVID. People a lot of good bats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you shouldn't eat bats.
1: This is the lesson I've learned from this podcast.
0: December fifth, two thousand six. A large shipment of the fake uh, pseudoephedrine, which is the real stuff of the acetyl pseudoephedrine, is seized at the port of Lazaro Cardenas in the state of Michoacan. Michoacan. I said that right that time, but not with a little flair. That's the thing about when I'm speaking other language. I feel like it's weirder if I end the, like that, like the little flare. I feel like that's weirder than me just trying to say it. I like it though. Makes yeah. me feel cultured. <laughs> it does. <A> little <laughs> bit. Everyone else hates me in the room, but I, <laughs> for a minute, feel pretty good. So, this is the first
1: time they're, they crack down shit. on this yeah. Chinese drug lord. Exactly. The first time they're
0: like, hey, buddy, what well, you're doing is not cool. Yeah, we know that you've just been switching labels. April twenty six two thousand and seven de agents travels to Unimed manufacturing plant and discovers residue in locations throughout the site which tests positive for the presence of ephedrine. So essentially, this whole place that says they're kind of like bare like essentially this guy's company is a huge company that is processed. They're saying they're making tile and all the same, they're making all this stuff. But in reality, everything has pseudo on it, ephedrine on it, meaning that it's all stuff to make math. It's all stuff to make math. Damn. March 14, thousand seven, President George Bush flies to Merida to meet President Felipe Calderon. That's the new guy after Fox is gone, and discusses cracking down on the illegal drug trade occurring between both. Wait, countries. you said Fox knew Trump though, so does he come back again? I'm not hundred percent about that. Fox was the guy when Trump was like, "We're guys are going to pay for the wall." He was, and he was like, "No, we're not." And he kept Got it. Him, doing that. So thing. Fox still
1: works there and some i some doing yeah, something. something. I don't
0: know. So the synopsis, the glory days, 2003 to 2007. What defined the beginning of an era was the noticeable uptick in methamphetamine being seized at the border. After some sleuthing, the USDA reported that the increase was due to the fact that the methamphetamine laboratories in Mexico were increasing over a three-year period. A little burp action for you. While during the same period, decreasing in the United States. So they're seeing how they're cracking down in the United States. They're jumping up in Mexico. This ultimately led to regulations on controlling methamphetamine precursor chemicals tightening in countries that had been allowing it. And in July of 2005, it became illegal to import pseudephedrine into Mexico. It has always been illegal to import and divert pseudephedrine, but up until this point, pharmaceutical labs were allowed to purchase and resell it under a tight documented regulation. But since he already knows anybody, he don't give a fuck about the documentation. After it became illegal in 2005 for another 15 months, Unimed started importing other legal chemicals to control to continue oh, it was th-
1: the same shit.
0: It was the same shit, yeah. yeah. It's bullshit.
1: And this is just the stuff that we seize. So how much stuff is getting through the cracks? Tons uh, and tons
0: of it. Uh, hundreds of one we seize this one that actually had enough to create Bakersfield. Enough <laughs> yeah, left, left to keep enough to keep the. Uh, the middle of California well. Yeah, Central California
1: is now, still to this day, a shithole because of this.
0: I mean, it's not that bad, but people have different uh, ideas about it. Neither of these chemicals were actually labeled on the shipping containers. They were all intermediates for legal medicine and chemicals that don't even really work or exist, and he was just pumping this shit out. He had four shipments of multiple tons go through under supervision, and his fifth one was seized by the
1: DEA. The U, that's the U.S. A so U.S., not baby. Even,
0: not even Mexico. No, nah,
1: they don't but trust We You got to take over their, their DEA. Yeah.
0: <sighs> well, every time we go into another country, we train everybody, and then those guys then use the training to go the bad way. Like well, there's, there's this guy, uh, Guillen, he's called the friend killer, this cartel. We went down to Mexico, and we're like, we're done with this bullshit. We got all the best Mexican military guys they had got them all, and then we trained them. We really fucking trained them for months to a year. And then we sent them back into Mexico, and we're like, we're going to get you guys to kill all these cartels. And they were like, okay. And then the cartels were like, how would you like uh, 150 times as much money as you're getting right now? Add three zeros to everything you want. And they're like, sounds good. Sounds pretty good. And those are the guys that started going around and chopping people's heads off and doing all the crazy shit. Damn. It was our fault. I didn't realize we created that. Uh, we created much Bin Laden. We created so much stuff. That I knew about. In April of 2006, DE agents traveled to the Unimed manufacturing plant to discover the presence of methamphetamine precursor chemicals, which gave them enough issue uh, evidence to issue warrants against Yeet Gun. Finally. Finally, America had to come in there and clean it up. We Well, we made the mess, but also clean. No, not this isn't our mess, actually. It should also be noted that this entire time, Unimed had a government-approved chemist named Bernardo Mercard Jimenez, Who stated under oath that he did not know the imported substance were prohibited under Mexican law? So, fucking moron, he's lying in such stupid, stupid excuses. So now we're gonna go to uh, 2007. This is the downfall now.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Well, you got any questions, buddy boy?
1: I get it. Egon's a shady drug dealer.
0: Yeah, he's kind of the supplier of the stuff to do it. And he thought, you know, probably... He's a collar he, drug dealer. Yeah, blue collar drug dealer, yeah. Yeah. March 15, 2007, the Mexican government issues federal search warrants for Yigong's residence, Unimed's corporate headquarters, and Unimed's pharmaceutical plant in Toluca. Toluca's nice. Have you been to Mexico, Toluca? Or the one over here, Toluca Lake, or whatever? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I confused, huh? Yeah, I think I went over yeah, kind okay. Of... In Yigong's residence, they discover over 205 million dollars concealed in the walls and elsewhere around wow. their home
1: bad ass some people put it in their mattress he puts it in the walls. walls he insulates his house with cash yep it's a good insulator it is good it keeps it warm mm-hmm.
0: so here we're going to fire look.
1: redundant i don't know if that's true i think it's just cotton uh
0: money catches fire don't it yeah. waterproof waterproof it is waterproof. yeah
1: you can run that shit through the washing machine yeah you can
0: it soaks up the water See, he's thinking. About, he's like, if any ever washes my house, it's going to be mm-hmm. clean. So we're going to go into what happens in that Mexico March. Do you think
1: it's two hundred five million in U.S. bills or in pesos? It's in U.S. Wow, yeah, it, it, that also possible. adds a level of shadiness. You're living in Mexico; it should be in pesos. Yeah, that's for true.
0: I would just put that shit in Bitcoin or something. I guess two thousand five. Yeah, Bitcoin wasn't even around. He was, was around, a crazy. It was Rich. around. <laughs>
1: it was yeah. He would have been even. It was around, but it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, a good investment at that point.
0: So what happened in the raid? In the raid of Yi Gong's home in Mexico City, police find what amounted to two hundred and five million dollars in USD. Wow. Along with the California King South's pile of hundred dollar bills. So imagine a whole bed, all hundred dollar bills. That's wow. like two hundred million dollars. California Some King's big. Actually, no, it's not two hundred million, that's like probably closer to a million. You ever slept on a California king? Yeah. Lucky. But well, I got my girlfriend had one. Whoa. A Little far. California king like you get like you don't even know if the person's in the room. You don't know who else is there. Anyone could be there. You
1: gotta get special sheets so big. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. U.S. So uh, he also found a bunch. They also found a bunch of money, U.S. travelers checks, foreign currencies, jewelry to an unknown value, seven luxury vehicles, a war chest with several handguns, an AK forty-seven, and multiple boxes of ammunition. At the time, individuals that were in Yigong's house were arrested, but they're eventually released. What would be okay? Let's hear it. This is a fun one.
1: That basically solidifies this guy's a drug lord. Yeah, we found two hundred million dollars, guns. What was the other stuff they found?
0: Uh, cashiers' checks, other currencies, gold, jewelry. But
1: you know what? I will say this in guns defense. Minus the two, the two hundred million dollars in cash is extreme. Yeah, rich people have that other stuff. Like in my parents' yes. house, they have gold, mm-hmm. they have different currencies, they and have. What jewelry. room do they keep
0: that in? <laughs> what was the thing? It's just for me though. They what have a, a locked room, a no. safe room.
1: <laughs> yeah. But Rich people do carry gold and, and other stuff because it's just good to be diverse. No, for sure the gold, for sure. But two hundred million dollars is an extreme. Yeah, amount it's like of what cash. chemist is like. Oh, this is my life savings. <laughs> yeah, I decided yeah. to put it in my walls in Mexico. Maybe he just you know the banking system next is a little different. He's like, yeah, I've been meaning to go to the bank, but
0: well, he I'm tries to. There's also these like little houses that what well, we're gonna learn about right now. Okay, here we go. Though we're gonna do a little question for you, Ari. You oh, got two hundred million dollars. One day, where are you hiding it? It's cash. You can't put it in the bank.
1: It's where horrible. am I hiding two hundred million dollars in cash? Yeah, I think I'd spread it all over. I'd mm-hmm. bury some in the yard. I'd put some on the walls, under the mattress. I'd get a storage con- container. Container, bury a storage. I, uh, I'd give some to you. I'd, there you again. know, I'd, like that one. I'd spread it around so that if shit hits the fan,
0: I got a bunch of little hiding spots. I like that idea too. I think I would go. Four. I would have four main hiding spots. Um, I would probably buy small patches of land, you know, 10 acres here, 10 acres yeah. there, all over the country. Dig a hole. Put a storage container down that hole. Put the money in there. And then that way, if any one of them is caught, I still got, hopefully, even if if, if I got four, or three of them were caught, hopefully I got one with 50 million in it. And I'll probably be fine. I think I could live off fifty million for a little while.
1: Fifty million? I think I could live off of if I had two million dollars cash. I could live off that interest. But I know you are one hundred K, on isn't it? It's five like percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's one hundred K
0: a year. I could do that for sure. I could live off fifty K. Yeah, true. Then I would still kind of like work some large shifts and stuff. When they raided Unimed's corporate headquarters, they found a handwritten note left for Yi Gong, which read, "Zen Lee, I hope you are fine. Due to the detention of the flower." as in flour that you bake with, my associates and I had some problems and had to spend the three books you provided us. Eh? I am now fine and have contacts with customs. Call me to work. So you could guess that that is. Well,
1: that just sounds like he's Chinese. He didn't know the language. (laughs) So there's obviously it just sounds like broken. Yeah broken words yeah he's to me, chinese you he already speak spanish that chinese. doesn't make any sense to me
0: well i think the whole thing is flower means something else uh books mean probably large amounts of money and then stuff like that it's just like code words I think.
1: yeah or broken english broken or language the most it's broken it's a foreign guy it's a foreign guy let's cut him up cut him some slack here
0: with that note they found an additional one hundred and ten thousand dollars in usd as that, well as documents. That changes charges things. <laughs> we gave him a little bit of a doubt <laughs> at the right. end there. As regarding multiple bank accounts located in the U.S., China, and Hong Kong, uh, if you have apparently a lot of uh, cartels put all their money in Chinese banks because we can't touch them and they don't really give a fuck where you put your money. Yeah, or That's, Swiss. Yeah. Swiss really? too, yeah. Was Swiss yeah. too. That was the one back in the day mm-hmm. to avoid taxes. Yep. I think Chinese is a little more big now because there's now giant Chinese bakes in like Mexico and South America and all these places where you're like, why the fuck? Is I want
1: to go to China. I've never been.
0: I heard it smells pretty bad, but I would really want to go. I want to go yeah. chow. He said I like Chinese
1: shit. women. I like Chinese food. I like Chinese sports. I think I'd like it.
0: I like Chinese sports because I'm always like, I think I could do that. Table tennis So oh, fun table tennis? I can do table tennis I was thinking like Power forward at the
1: Mahjong point. Is that Chinese? I think so I don't know I don't how know to play how it, it But my know. grandma used to play it I learn. Yeah
0: Along with these transfer pages From Casa de Cambios To banks across the Europe and United States Casa de Cambios Are money exchange houses That are used To convert currencies And wire money Domestically and internationally But they're widely used By drug trafficking organizations Makes Should sense make look, Yeah So They're like a, a Western Union
1: But drug it's like the places you go to cash checks where you don't have a bank account. Mm -hmm. It's those Mm -hmm. places.
0: D agents state that the drug and chemical traffickers collect large amounts of bulk cash from illicit activities and store in secure locations while the money is slowly cleaned. Um, Cleaning money is not washing it in a thing. What you do is you have a company. You have a business or a company, normally a cash business, donut shops, um, car or uh, laundry mats, laundry mats, cleaners like that. What you do is you make a certain amount of money. Diners. Yeah. You make a certain amount of money that day, but you say that you made $2,000 extra that day. Right. So that you could wash the money.
1: Man, so many people use this laundry mat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is a, a popping ass. How many yeah. quarters are you doing? <laughs> All of them? Yi Gong claimed that the $205 million USD in his home was forced upon him by the then ruling National Action Party, um, which is kind of like uh, the Republicans from Mexico. Supposedly left over from financing the campaign of Felipe Calderon. So he just blamed everything on the ex-president. Not going to go well. Egon him. did? Yeah. He threw. He's throwing Fox under the bus he's, right now? Uh, the next Fox, the guy after Fox. Oh, yeah.
1: He's like, I don't know you, bitch. Yeah.
0: He's like, he said that the guy made him put his money in his house. What?
1: He said, listen, where can I put all this legal money I'm making? And the guy's like, I, put it in your house, dude. Put it in your walls. <laughs> That's what every president what says, dude. <laughs> that's what I I called Trump one day and said, Trump, where do you think I should keep my money? And goes, hey, put it in your walls. The only floor. place you could trust is your own home. Your
0: own home, in Mexico City.
1: Obama says that too. It's I Obama, heard. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: bipartisan. There's no, there's no uh, cross hall here. A letter written from Yigong's lawyer to Mexican government officials stated that the handling this hot potato of an issue is in the best interest of all parties. So he's trying to say, like, hey, I'll pay off who the fuck I can. <laughs> Calderon called these accusations pure fiction as well as slanderous and defamatory. Gong went on to specifically accuse Javier Lozano Alcaron, who served as a Secretary of Labor under President Calderon. According to Yigon, in May of 2006, Lozano Alcaron showed up to his house and threatened to kill him if he didn't stash the money. Put this money in your house or I'll kill you. Line your
1: walls with your money or I will kill you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what it sounds like to me, if I had to guess... What happened here is that for the last, where 2007 started around middle, early 2000s to end of the 90s, that he had he had been paying from the stuff I've been reading stuff, paying Javier and the other president Calderon money. And then when he ended up going to jail, he was like, fuck this. I'm going to try and get them in trouble. I'm going to rat them out. I'm going to rat them out. And they're like,
1: nope, nope, bitch nope. You can't rat us out, we own you Yeah, we're fucking Mexico, dog I'm the president, I'm the you can't rat out anymore. the president
0: I got people in higher places than you little shady business to come We're actually almost at the end of this March 16, 2007, Mexican General Luis Humberto Lopez Portelas Leo's daughter and her husband are murdered We're gonna learn a little bit more about that Who,
1: uh, oh, there's a, oh, a military guy There's a military guy uh, Who, This is the first we've heard of him, though In this yes. document Yes, it's the first time. So yes. now, some general daughter and husband, and husband are killed.
0: About wow. A month later, April twenty fifth, two thousand seven. Officials from the U.S. Justice Department and the U.S. Embassy in Mexico go to a prison outside of Mexico City where two of Yigon's former employees are being held, seeking their cooperation in the upcoming court case. All right, July. U.S. is getting involved. We're getting in there, baby. Let's get in there. Let's sweep it up.
1: USA, USA. Go Trump.
0: Go. I wouldn't go that far. Say it. No. Say go Trump. Nope. July twenty third, 2007, Yigong is arrested at a restaurant in Wheaton, Maryland, charged with conspiracy to aid and abet the manufacturing of 500 grams or more of methamphetamine. Obviously, he did tons, but 500 grams is the minimum, knowing or intending that it would be imported into the United States.
1: So now Yigong's importing the shit himself? His business has really fallen down. He's like, hey, I'm going to bring it in the U.S. myself. (laughs) He keistered (laughs) two tons
0: of methamphetamines. No, so what happened here is uh, Yigong was facing the heat in Mexico. So he came to America, but America was after him as well. So America, Seen, yeah,
1: it seemed like America's after him even more.
0: Yeah, but he thought he could just blend in here. I think, like you know, if like Americans catch you, you're gonna go to jail. That sucks. If the Mexican guy, oh yeah, he's like,
1: you, I'd rather gonna, go to so U.S. jail. Be, yeah. But he also had 500 grams with him? What a no, no, no. Dumbass.
0: So he got conspiracy to aid an oh, bet.
1: Oh, they just threw it. They had to stick something on him.
0: Yeah, you're going to so, say, oh, you just said it perfectly. Cut.
1: I want to know what restaurant in Wheaton, Mary, Maryland he was in. We should go there and eat. Eat there. Try like, out hey, the Did food. someone leave 500 grams? With Egon was food. here, right?
0: <laughs> what booth was he in? Dude,
1: that would be cool. I want to go back and eat in Egon's booth. <laughs> it
0: cost us seven grand to get here. We had a uh, crab cake. And
1: I went to high school in Roswell, New Mexico. And there was a diner that George Bush ate at when he was in town, and because of that, everyone wanted to eat at that diner. I wanna do that for Egon. For egon. <laughs> that place should be famous. They should have a picture of egon yeah. on on you know people have celebrities in l a yeah. they should have egon's just photo hit in up front on the of wall. a bunch of pseudo <laughs> egon ate that they should have a menu item for egon egon's bat suit egon's
0: ate an eggs in a bedding' and It's just <laughs> eggs in uh, <laughs> yeah. like two pseudo pins. <laughs> August 2nd, 2007, two Mexican federal agents involved in the search and arrest at Yigon's mansion were found dead. The same gun used in the murders of the general's daughter and her husband are the ones that killed those two federal agents. A.K.A. Oh, okay. He was the whole time working with the Sinaloa. Oh, the so house? they
1: found the gun that killed the general and the daughter, or, or the general's just, daughter and they the husband. Found the
0: bullet, and the bullet had the same kind of stuff on
1: it. In Yigon's house. No. Uh, so, in
0: 2007, the two Mexican federal agents that were involved in the cert they were heading
1: oh oh basically
0: they were killed yeah and then people took out the bullet and they noticed that it had the same markings as the same guys who so killed them so clearly hitman from someone it's a hitman from someone that killed both these guys June 22nd 2009 all charges against ye gone are dismissed in America oh wait do we skip that one or no we did. You're right. right. United States Department of Justice files a motion to drop all charges against Egon, citing problems with witnesses and evidence. His trial was scheduled for September of 2009. In 2009, August, all everything's dropped. We didn't have enough, Anna. We didn't. Have this is
1: America. Enough. If you're not guilty, you're innocent.
0: Yep. If we, we we had nothing, but. Um, on February 9, 2011, a U.S. federal judge approves Yigon's extradition to Mexico to face charges there. Mexico still
1: want him. He's free yep. in America. And we're like, yeah, but Mexico needs you. You know why You're they going. still
0: wanted him and why he uh, didn't get off like a lot of other Mexican cartels? Uh, because he went after the fucking president and the main guys. You normally need to shut your fucking mouth, keep lining their pockets, and then they'll help you out. He thought I was
1: clear. he was clear. He was not. He didn't You're understand. You're going did. back to the Mexican prison where you will be poisoned.
0: Yigan is extradited to Mexico, uh, escorted by U.S. Marshals on a flight from Virginia to Mexico City, and taken to the highest security prison there called Alteplano Prison, where he remains to this day. That was in. The oh, he's still there. alive. He's still alive. And he's still in there. I tried to see if he got out. He actually just got COVID.
1: And li- but beat it. Yeah, he beat it. Most people do. Most people do. About 99 fat. point something
0: percent. Well, it was yeah. kind of overblown. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, my girlfriend saw a lot of people die. A lot of allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> I have a girlfriend. Allegedly, he saw these things. <laughs> I met your girlfriend She's
1: beautiful <laughs> Thank you very much it's, I don't know why She picked you over Most me Most people but don't But it worked out should have
0: been me is all I'm saying It's called dosing She it loves me a small me. amount of acid Your every girlfriend day loves and me drop it in She loves everybody She's a person of the planet The synopsis Yigon, March 2007 to the president, to present The search warrant And subsequent seizure Of Yigong's assets Was enough to make World news in 2007 At that point It was the largest Seizure of drug mur- money In the history of the world and considered to be the largest hit against methamphetamine trafficking wow. in America. Bigger than—why
1: does why does El Chapo get all the clout when this guy is even bigger?
0: Well, they just—this is the amount of money they found. There's been more money in, like, drugs that in they assets. found. This is just, like, straight cash this is the most amount Still, of cash anyone's ever found. Still, that's pretty big. It's pretty cool. Shah, I'm just All I'm saying is I'm surprised we've never heard of them. Yeah, right? Shire right. and exactly. them. exactly. Well, that's what yeah. the, that's what this whole podcast is for. Well, f- not fully substantiated, there were two sets of murders within four months of the seizure that related to Gong. The day after the search, General Leal's daughter and her husband were mor- murdered. General Leal was one of the guys who oversaw the uh, seizure of Yigong's place. And the two Mexican federal agents that were involved in the arrest at Yigong's mansion were found dead, shot by the same firearm that used to kill the general's daughter and husband. Yigong was in America at the time, suspicious that he was in the eye of the Mexican government after his shipment was seized in 2006. So once his, he did those four shipments that went through, after getting in trouble, after they said pseudo, he couldn't bring anymore. He brought four huge shipments. Fifth one got seized, ran to America. These concerns were merited, and all nine individuals that were in his house at the time of the search were arrested. They were all eventually released, uh, but not before federal agents from Mexico and America sought their cooperation in arresting Geek Oh, God. So they, he, he was not a good, uh, they were not loyal.
1: No, they also he didn't have loyalty all Chapo had. No, because his employees were like, y'all rat him out, let me out of here. Yeah. I'm with El Chapo, not Yigong. He wasn't scary enough. He that means he wasn't uh, as brutal as El Chapo. That's probably why he wasn't as famous. El Chapo c- cut people's heads yeah, off. Yeah, he was
0: like the plug more than like the... He's like the guy who sells the gun to somebody. Egon's kind day. of a little pussy boy. I mean, I, probably, I bet he probably did some fucking crazy yeah, shit. Yeah, he probably did. With Had that? to to get to get to here. Yeah. yeah. To do, in Mexico, when you're rising, or up. You have 200 million. You've yeah. got to be somewhat... Yeah, true.
1: I apologize, Yigong. You're a tough guy.
0: Mm-hmm. So it took about 15 weeks for Yigon to be located and arrested. He was pulled from a restaurant in Wheaton, Maryland, where he was having lunch with a friend and charged with conspiracy to do all that, to bring on all the drugs to America.
1: Got to go to this diner. Got to go to the (laughs) diner. I know.
0: I should have looked that up. From the start of his incarceration, it was clear that Yigong's case would be difficult to do in America. The prosecution was only able to draw two witnesses to testify against him, one of whom later recanted.
1: Ooh. That means Egon got to them, yeah, probably, and said, "Hey, if you testify, you're dead, and your family's dead."
0: And they're like, "Well, you're not going to kill me. Well, I just killed the fucking general's daughter, and his two big guys. You're going to die." Damn. Okay, he's powerful. Yeah, he's pretty. That's in America, right? That's in well, they got picked up over there, and they're in America now. But um, it's kind of like that's why he's hooked up. The Sinaloa cartel is El Chapo, and that's why everyone's always like he's been working with them because. It's obvious he was. because He knows people everywhere. Yep.
1: Damn. Okay.
0: There were some problems with evidence uh, as even two years after his arrest, the U.S. government was unable to acquire sufficient quantities of drug samples to show that it was his. But perhaps Yigong's greatest salvation came from a statement made by his attorneys the day after his arrest. He has never had drugs, and he didn't have any drugs on him when he was arrested last night. So they're more just saying, like, the shit in another country was yours due to hearsay. And that's why the Department of Justice dismissed all charges against Yigong in 2009. For the entirety of his incarceration in the United States, Mexico had been seeking to have Yigong extradited so he could stand trial for all the crimes involving the cash found in his home. Also because the president there was like, give that motherfucker to me. I'm going to fuck him up for using my name. In his habeas petition, Yigong argued that his extradition should be barred by principles of international double jeopardy it's because he got off in America. It's like, no, bitch, what the fuck are you talking about? even though the Mexican government issued a statement saying they had not set out to prove that Yigong mass-produced methamphetamines, but they just kind of wanted him. And this is actually the craziest one right now to show how shady Mexico Yi Yigang also claimed that his extradition would be improper under the legal requirements of dual criminality, as well as stating that many of the allegations against him were made by disgruntled former employees. In a later argument, his attorneys argued that he would be tortured killed by corrupt prison officials as the United Nations report documenting these practices occurring, there had also recently been an agreement between the U.S. and Mexico where Mexico agreed to extradite several drug kingpins to the United States. And Yee Gong's attorneys speculated that they he had been used to give back to them. So mm-hmm. this is the That's crazy fair. one. This is the crazy shit right now. Yi Gong was extradited in October 2016 and is currently being held in... Not Alte- that long ago. No, Altiplano Prison. To this day... Not a single person has been convicted of any crime in Mexico or United States. Wait,
1: what does that mean? Not a single
0: person? Meaning, he gone. He never got in trouble. He never had a case against him. He never got proven guilty. He never got. Then how is he in jail? Just shady Mexican shit.
1: They're saying he hasn't gone to trial yet. He's like in holding. He hasn't been convicted. He hasn't been anything for six, seven years now. Five years. He's in limbo. Like eventually, they're going to bring the case to trial.
0: I, I think it's more of they're not ever bringing that case to trial. Why? Because he, like they got he went after month. the president. You
1: can't go after... Uh, that's the whole thing. So maybe once this president's done. Maybe if turning.
0: this president's done, and maybe if he has some Chinese connects to push some more money. But it's like, when you drug deal in Mexico, that's where if you watch anything or know the stuff, you can go after other cartels, you can go after people, but you cannot fuck with the politicians. Damn. I will say this.
1: After hearing this story, he's obviously not a good... Egon is not a good person. No. He was importing drugs... That he knew were creating bad drugs, yes he was, that was his he knew he was shady he had two hundred million dollars in the walls he they kicked they killed a general's daughter and her husband, who weren't even involved. they're just the family. He's not a good guy, that being said, technically, he was importing drugs that were illegal at one point, yeah, it's not like he was importing straight meth, no, he tried to kind of he's like listen yeah. i'm not I'm not bringing in. Crack, I'm bringing the stuff that makes crack. Yep. And also makes cold medicine. Yep. So he, p- maybe
0: in his head, he's not a bad guy. I'll go like 20 to 30 years. I don't know if he deserves to be in jail for the rest of his life in some weird Mexican prison. But also, man, he's I think all the people's lives he's ruined and have been so, so killed from there. He's not a good know, guy. No, he kind of sucks. But he's not the worst. I was going to tell everybody how to make meth. Yeah, I want to know. You want to know how to make meth, everybody? If have you, you d- done it? Or you just watched a YouTube no, video? no, no, no. no, no. I just looked up a bunch of shit and this is how one of the ways you make meth.
1: Okay. Aren't you worried about now like I feel like up until this point you could monetize the video. Now we talk about this, you're gonna have to demonetize it. Is that a thing? I think. I don't know. Well YouTube. you know, I think Let's you're talk allowed about it and you could edit it out if you change your mind.
0: I think you're allowed to tell people how to do stuff, you just can't do it. I asked a couple lawyers about that. I don't know.
1: That. I think legally you're allowed to. Yeah. But I think I don't know. Or I could YouTube. be wrong. I think Very on YouTube they might demonetize
0: the video if we teach people how to make math. I don't think I'm making that much money on YouTube anyway. Here's Not the yet. shake and bake method. Okay. You need a Mountain Dew bottle. You need the so you need pseudofed. You need lye. You need lithium strips you tear from these little pieces of batteries. You need ammonium nitrate. You need ether, hexane, napath. This is like a gas. A lot of times mm-hmm. it's a gas you get from like. A Coleman kind of stuff, you need sulfuric acid, you need pickling salt. Ooh, I like pickling salt. I know, I'm a big fan of that. So I'm not going to give any of the amounts of stuff you need to use because it's mm-hmm. not an actual thing. So you need to add some ammonia nitrate to the gas into a bottle, the um, Mountain Dew bottle, then add the lis- lithium pieces in about a half a cup, oh, I didn't mean to say that, of lye, and you put that in the water and wait for the reaction. you got to keep the pressure in the bottle uh, very, very... Uh, High. Pressurize high, yeah. You do not want to open that shit. And this shit will probably blow up on you if you're a fucking moron. you got to allow all the lithium to be bronze. That should take about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, And there's going to be a lot of pressure building up in this bottle. And about 25 to 45 minutes later, you'll see a clear... And the clear fuel will get foggy that's been in the bottle. And that's because it's becoming saturated with the Li bronze particles. you got to slowly remove that cap. Vent all the pressure out. Then remove the cap, kind of like if you're opening a uh, a bad, uh, a soda bottle that's been shaken. If the reaction is slowing down at this point, recharge the RV by adding or the Mountain Dew bottle by adding more lye. and just keep using that. You got to use a funnel to do that. Um, this is how you make the really shitty meth too. This like the sign that like though. I
1: mean, this is a lot of steps, but it's definitely doable. This yeah. I've done. Stuff like this in chemistry class yeah, in college. Exactly. You yeah. know. this, and this is, is
0: all you need. To, I mean, it's hard to get this stuff, and it's going to be pretty expensive uh, initial investment. I bet you it wouldn't even be that
1: hard, really, if you went on well, the, the Internet. Like, we could probably do this if we wanted to just do it for the fun of it as an experiment. A few hundred bucks, right? A few hundred bucks, yeah, and you'd probably get a it sounds and like And then we'd have probably enough meth from this to get our money back and then some.
0: Yeah, probably, yeah. You could probably do this. I don't want to. I don't want to do that at all. But I,
1: But we could. But we could. I'd want to do it just to see if we how hard it is. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. But it's like, but I'm not you know. actually going to do it, but I kind of want to. It'd be a fun day.
0: If it was something funner. It'd be than a fun math. project. You know what I mean? Like yeah. If it was like Dude, this is like homebrewing beer. Everyone. It's almost
1: yeah. the same difficulty as making beer with
0: one of those kits. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the same kind of lingo. Yeah. So you got to add some more stuff to that little uh, Mountain Dew bottle. And then you got to remove the funnel and the screw, and you put the cap back on the RV or the bottle. They keep calling it RV. I don't know why. Then you got to shake the fuck out of the bottle for ten seconds. And that is w- verbatim words yeah. from this from this guy, this probably the
1: scientist. speed freak. He said, "Shake the fuck out of it." Yeah.
0: Continue shaking the fuck out of the bottle as much as possible while continue to regulate pressure and ventilating. You can use a blow dryer to help reaction complete. That sounds like the hardest step so far. Shake it while regulating and while blow drying it. Three things at for once. For about 30 minutes. so The pressure. Yeah, the p- the pressure must be based before the reaction can take place between the PSE and the lye, so it'll be a bit, about 10 to 15 minutes. You'll start noticing that the fuel inside will go dark like chocolate milk. Yummy. <laughs>
1: don't keep it around kids. It's not yeah. milk. <laughs> 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 Got to put a label on this stuff. You don't <laughs> want your kids drinking your meth. <laughs> drinking your meth juice. It's expensive, and it could cause
0: harm to their intestines. Yeah, or yeah, their wallet and in their lives. It is really important to keep the pressure very high in the bottle and keep the temp of the fuel as warm as you can during this process, as it aids the reaction taking place between the PSE and the lie.
1: I think they'd know after one Lithium. sip, though, that this is not chocolate milk. Yeah, this is bad milk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> probably also with the bottle like hot as fuck and like shaking. <laughs> They're probably like, this might. This might not be bad, and if your kid does, maybe he wasn't a moron to begin with. Yeah, on. that's that's God. You will start to see the fuel go dark after shaking the fuck out of it, and then go clear after the bottle settles. This oh, color fun. chain will, ha- yeah, it's kind of fun. Will actually mm. happen many times. Ooh, <laughs> exciting! So the fuel doesn't really go nearly as dark as other times. It's okay, just keep jo- going. Once you get to the point where you are able to shake the fuck out of the bottle. Then set it down. The fuel settles and goes back clear in about 35, 30 to 40 seconds. Your cook is almost complete. Slowly loosen the RV cap and vent out all the pressure. Prepare the funnel with some cotton balls in the stem and two coffee filters in the funnel and about a half-inch layer of dry Epsom salt in the middle of filters. Use the prepared funnel to carefully filter the fuel into the mason jar. Heat liquid in a jar and slow cooker, no ceramic liner. Slowly to 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Good God. And then Oh, here's where the
1: pickling salt comes
0: in. Love this stuff. Salt, yeah. Take out your Grillo's pickles and take the salt out. No. Put uh, some pickling salt in a bottle and add sulfuric acid quickly. Put the cap with tubing on. Gently shake it side to side for about four times to start the smoke. And then put a tube in the liquid squeeze bottle gas. I need to watch
1: someone doing this. This is even hard time. Un- this is kind of hard.
0: Yeah, well, I think we got a meth dealer making this stuff, and they're using a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So we're gonna notice is a lot of like little uh, particles are floating to the bottom of the bottle, and uh, that's what you want. That's, that's your meth. That's a meth. You can get about three to four pools out of this. Put some new salt in there.
1: Put meth salt into jar. Add just enough methanol to cover the meth. Heat slowly to dissolve meth. There it Steve,
0: is. why did I? Why did you tell me how to do this? Because this is the if you buy pseudoephedrine, this is the stuff that he was making the small pills. Into meth and, and if you do this because of
1: this podcast, you should support the Patreon because
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, you're, you're making money rated. from this
1: podcast. The least you could do is go to the most expensive Patreon package. You're going to get good content from it. I promise you, Stephen Fury here does good content. If you're selling meth, you owe us that.
0: Yeah, anyway, if anyone in America is selling us, I demand 5%. All right, that was it, buddy. Thanks for coming in, Ari. Thanks Manis? for having me. What, uh, Where can we can listen to your stuff? What can we see?
1: Yeah, check, look me up. Ari Manis. I'm on everywhere. I got a podcast. I got social media. I got a YouTube. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Promise. He's a great
0: guy. I've done his podcast. Unlicensed there. Yeah. With go Manis. check
1: out Stephen Fury's episode on that.
0: Thank you very much, buddy. Appreciate it. Handshake. Let's go get some tacos. I'm hungry as fuck. Let's do it. Mexico.